be dismissed. Amen. If you got your Bibles this morning, Acts chapter 11, Acts chapter 11 and 2 Kings chapter 5, Acts chapter 11 and 2 Kings chapter 5. It's always fun to see what Rachel's going to come up with with the thumbnails. Sometimes she has hard ones. <laughs> Amen. Acts chapter 11, St. Kings chapter 5. Boy, it's good to be in God's house. I'm glad we have liberty not just to be here, but to sing his praises and hear his word being preached. It is nothing of the preacher. It is nothing of the speaker at all. Uh, really, I need to be nothing. Uh, it's all about the words that I'm going to be pointing to this morning. Acts chapter 11, verse 19, says, Now they which were scared abroad upon the persecution, that's key word, persecution that arose about Stephen, uh, traveled as far as Phoenix and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but, uh, but unto the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. And several verses later, it says, and many uh, became part of the church. Amen. Right. Amen. You guys realize that God allows things in our lives, not just for our benefit, and not just blessings, but persecution as well. And God allows it for his glory, whether we like it or not. Amen. Brother Riley, would you open this message in a word of prayer, sir? <coughs> Amen. And with that, let's look at 2 Kings chapter 1. I'm sorry, 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1. Number 1, I have two points. Number 1, Captain Naaman. Captain Naaman. It sounds like a, a cereal box, doesn't it? Captain Crunch, Captain Naaman. But 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1 says, Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria... That, it's a whole message in of itself, that one statement. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. So, so far, that one verse, what do we know about this Captain Naaman person? Well, he was a captain of the host of the king of Syria. He, he was honorable. The Lord used him uh, uh, to deliver Syria. He was a mighty man in valor, and he was also a leper. Man, words used to be descriptive and mean something. Now we have to read 12 emojis just to understand the emotion. Amen. Jump to verse 9. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times and thy flesh shall come again to thee and thou shalt be clean. A couple of things here this morning. Elisha knew that he was coming, but he sent a messenger. Can you imagine being that messenger? 
Hey, 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 Elisha, sir, the, 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 that get captain, uh, the host of Syria is here. Captain Naaman, he's here to see you. He has leprosy. What, Elisha, you want me to tell him what? Go into the river and dip himself and then do it again and then do it. Are you sure? Okay, yes, sir, I'll do that. Then he comes back to the door, presumably, and here's Captain Naaman with the whole host of whoever he's with, chariots and horses, whatever. And he says, Captain Naaman, uh, uh, Elisha um, sent me this message for you. Um, go jump in the river, and when you're done doing that, do it again. And when you're done doing that, do it again. That's not exactly what he said. But I'm telling you, that's the tone that come across, at least how Captain Naaman was seeing it. The, 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 the Jordan River wasn't some beautiful, uh, free-flowing, gorgeous river to get cleansed from. and just You're not going to get an herbal essence commercial out of the Jordan River. It was a mud-fest river. And here's the prophet of God, not even coming to the door, he sends a messenger to tell this man, this, who's a great man. Yeah, go, go dump, dump yourself in the Jordan River and do that seven times in a row. That didn't sit very well with Captain Naaman. And let's be honest, it wouldn't have really sat very well with us. Amen. Um, obviously, Naaman was upset that Elisha didn't come and greet him personally. But, you know, there's a lot of things that we don't see. We, we, we see things at face value. Um, you know what? Maybe Elisha was leading somebody to the Lord. Maybe he was in the middle of counseling a couple and, 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 and God was moving greatly and they were praying. And he's like, hey, go tell him to do this. I'm busy right now. This is more important. But, of course, our pride gets in the way and Captain Naaman couldn't see that. Right? We, we get mad at the preacher because he didn't shake my hand. And I, I, it's a cliche to say, but it's actually true, people. People actually get upset because the preacher didn't shake. Well, you know, there's other people you try to shake. You know what? You might be counseling with somebody. You might be busy with somebody. Amen. Galatians 6.3 says, For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. And the Bible, is God's word in Scripture is true from the beginning to the end. There's not one verse greater than another verse. It's all 100% truth. And I thank God for that because James 4, 6 says, But he giveth more grace, wherefore you saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. I lived with my parents uh, up until I got married and I was like, um, we moved out to Horton. Anybody know where Horton is? No, just south of Jackson a little bit. And um, uh, my dad bought 10 acres out there. I lived out there for three or four years. No, not even that. Probably three years uh, while I was dating Miss Rachel back there. And um, we lived right on a lake called Mud Lake. And it was like not like some gorgeous, majestic, like, you, you know, in, 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 in the, in the wintertime, there'd be no lily pads to be clear. You'd be so, it would be beautiful. You'd see the deer crossing. But like in the summertime, it's so shallow. There's so many lily pads 
just like like a sea of lily pads. Um, and you could walk out there probably at least a quarter way out to the lake and you'd still be walking in muck up to your knees. You know, things are called things for a reason, and it was called Mud Lake. Amen. And I can only imagine going out there to get clean. You know, let alone going out there, dunking myself in there, coming back, and then doing it again seven times. It would seem ludicrous, right? <laughs> so here's Captain Naaman with his horses and with his chariot. He, he's basically got a whole entourage going on, and he has a decision to make. Does he listen to the man of God? Does he go home the same way that he came? Church, especially on a Sunday morning, that's the same question that we always ask ourselves. Do I listen to what he's talking about? Do I just go home the same way that I, I don't want to go home the same way that I came any service that I come to, whether I'm the pastor or not. We need to be growing into the Lord. Our lives need to be changed. It's not, hey, I got saved. It's all over. Now I'm just going to live my life. No, man, there's so many blessings that you're missing out on. God wants to grow you and mature you. Amen. That's not the message, but amen. So Camp Naaman, he has a reputation to uphold. How can he bathe in this river in the sight of anyone and everyone and still hold his reputation as some great man of valor? But isn't that just like God to make a situation seem so impossible that only God could get the glory out of it? Because only God could heal somebody that dips himself in this muddy old river seven times. That makes no scientific sense. It makes, logically, it's gone. It's out of the water. You think God doesn't know that? <laughs> God used Pharaoh's hard heart to free his people out of Egypt. God used a talking donkey to speak to Balaam. Israel was blocked by the Red Sea with Pharaoh and his army coming. They had nowhere to go. All seemed lost completely. So God just made a path through the Red Sea, gelled up the waters, dried the, gro dried the ground that they walked on. What were the fish thinking? <laughs> Amen. But you might be saying in your heart of hearts right now, I can't go down to that altar because people will think less of me. I'm a man or a woman. I have this stature. I need, I need to uphold this image that I have. I mean, after all, on Facebook and social media, I have a great following. I, I, I'm so spiritual. We say to ourselves, how can God help me in this situation when I can't even see a way out? That's the whole point. That's when God likes to move, when it makes zero sense. If you're thinking that, if you're thinking that there's no way out in any way that you're thinking, can I tell you you're in good company? There is no way out except for the grace of God. Romans 3.23, for all of sin to come short of the glory of God. That's every one of us. There's no salvation but through Christ. 
I mean, sinners are going to sin, and there's no sin that anyone of, that any one of us can do that can't be forgiven except for one. That's blaspheming against the Holy Ghost. And you say, well, what's that? It's Matthew twelve thirty one. It says, wherefore Jesus said this. He said, wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, and the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. You say, well, what's the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost that is not accepting Him as your Savior? That's blasphemy against. That's the only sin that won't be forgiven is not accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. Back to our text, Second Kings chapter five eleven. Naaman did not want to bathe in this dirty water. In in our thinking, he's absolutely right, because um, that's not how you get clean. You clean and you, you you bathe in clean water. Amen. Look at verse 11. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I, I thought he would sure, surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Abana and Farper rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May he not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage. I mean, why should a man of this world of such high prestige have anything to do with bathing himself in such a lowly, muddy water anyways, especially when there's clean rivers to go wash in. Look at verse 13. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? And how much rather than when he said to thee, wash and be clean? You know, if, if God handed out eternal life by you, you have to give $10,000 to the Lord, you know what we would do? We would give $10,000 and say, yes, thank God my eternity is secure. How much more then? Then we just need to give our hearts to him, accept him as our Lord and Savior. No amount of money that we could ever give Nothing that we could ever do, no amount of anything in of ourselves that we could ever do could grant us salvation. How much more then is it just to give them your heart? Maybe, Christian, you've given your heart to Christ, but, but you're trying to tell God what decisions are best for you in your life. Maybe you're already saved, but you're telling God, I don't need church. I don't need the word of God. I can only I only need to pray and read as much as I want to because I'm running the show here. Maybe, Christian, you need to rededicate your heart this morning. We say to ourselves naturally, why would God have Elijah tell Naaman to go bathe himself in this dirty water. Well, here's the thing. It's, it's a wonderful picture of salvation. The humbling of our prideful will in total subjection and trust to the word of God with full obedience. That's what makes all the difference. Proverbs 3, 5, and 7, most of you know it. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways... Acknowledge him and he will direct that path. The problem is, is we don't want to acknowledge him in our ways. We want to acknowledge him just on Sunday morning, just for this one little part of our lives. And we're not going to acknowledge him in any other. But he, we want him to direct our paths, but we're actually going to direct it because we know our, 
what we need to do better than the Lord does. How prideful and arrogant we are. Think we know better than God. The natural man wants to buy our work for salvation, which is... That's just like every other religion out there. You've got to buy or work your way to get something from God. You know, there's only one truth of the gospel that sets itself apart from every other religion. By the way, there's only one truth. But all false religions say, hey, you have to do enough good to outweigh your bad. Or you have to do this ritual, then you'll be saved. Or some religions, even after so many years, they just vote and say, well, if you give enough money, then you can go to heaven. And that's of Satan himself. Thing is, turn to Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. Matthew 3, 13, that's awesome. She's already got it up there. Centuries later, Jesus himself will be dipped in the very same Jordan River, showing both humility and obedience. Look at Matthew 3.13. Then cometh, look at this, Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and cometh thou to me. And Jesus answering and said to him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. So here we see the contrast in humility between someone in the world of great and high position who, who is incredibly offended at the thought of dipping himself in the Jordan River as opposed to somebody of the highest office, the king of all kings. Not of this world, but king of the entire universe, yet graciously and humbly waited his turn to be completely immersed in this muddy Jordan River, not because he had to, but because he wanted to. He didn't have to die for our sins. Somebody that says that God doesn't love sinners has never read their Bible. I thank God that he loves sinners. Because if it weren't for that, we'd have no salvation this morning. As we grow in the Lord, we find that our want to changes. And it ought to scare you if your want to never changes. If your desire to serve the Lord stays stagnant, you know what that means? You're not growing I don't have to serve God. I, I want to. I don't have to go to church. Man, I want to. I, I don't have to read my Bible. I want to. I can't hardly preach on naming without pointing this out. Baptism is not salvation. Naaman was not saved. He did not get eternal life from being baptized. Or he wasn't particularly baptized. For, for getting wet, I should say. We know that baptism is a picture <clears throat> of us being dead to our sins, amen, but alive through Christ spiritually, now being a new creature to live for Christ. Romans 6, 4, therefore we are buried with him by baptism, bat, baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. This is not the story of Naaman's baptism, but rather the story leading to his salvation. Acts 2, uh, 41 says, and they, this is the day of Pentecost, says, and they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Notice that they received his word, and then were baptized. 
doesn't go the other way around. Baptism isn't salvation. Baptism is, is only the first step in obedience to serving the Lord once you're saved. Mark 16, 16, Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But then he says this right after that. He said, But he that believeth not shall be damned. So right there, Jesus himself said, Baptism, if you're only baptized, you're going to hell. Baptism does not save you. It's just your first step of obedience. So what sends a man to hell? A lack of baptism? No, a lack of unbelief. The eunuch in Acts 8.34, he first believed in Jesus, then had a strong desire to be baptized in the first body of water that he could come to. Back to our text, 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 14. 2 Kings 5, 14. Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh became again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. We need to meditate on Scripture. We lack in that so often. And I need to meditate more. And I meditated on this the other day. <coughs> you know he had to dip seven times in that muddy, mucky water? That's nasty. So just picture this in your mind. He dips himself in there. In this mucky, mucky water. And he comes up. And he's like, oh, that was gross. But he had to make the conscious decision. I'm going to believe what he told me. I'm going to dip down again. And he gets down in the mucky water. He comes up. He's like, oh, that was gross. I did not enjoy that. But he had to make the conscious decision. Well, I'm going to trust the Lord at his word. And I'm going to do it again. And he does it again and again and again. And can I tell you, this life is not always easy. (laughs) And sometimes we're going through a valley. and We're going through the muck of life. I do it too. Trust me. I got problems I got to deal with all the time. And I come up out of the water. I'm like, oh, that was gross. That was nasty. But you know what, Lord? I'm going to trust you at your word. And I will go in a thousand times more if that's what it takes. God put stuff in our lives for a reason. Why? To grow us. The problem is, no, we say, I'm done with church altogether. I'm never going back to church. Who gets glorified in that? Not God. Not God. Satan gets another victory every time we say, I'm not going to the house of God. You might be saying, well, I'm not like Naaman at all. I like to take the Lord at his word. Well, maybe you're like the maid in the story. And you're saying, what maid in the story? Well, she's the unsung hero whom God used, amen. Turn to 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 2. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 2. We'll be done in just a few more minutes. So then the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. You know, can I just touch on that for a moment? You're going to have a woke crowd nowadays that's going to say that it's awful that they had a slave, they had a servant doing their bidding for her. You know what the fact is? Thank God that they had grace upon her and didn't want to slaughter her. Thank God that was, that, was, that, was, that, was the, that was the aftermath of war 
Now you have women and children. What are you going to do? Give them a job. Give them food and shelter and give them a job and a purpose. Thank God for that. We live in a time where we think we're past this uh, anti-Semitic stuff. No, there's still people that, there's uh, 100,000 people, 100,000 people uh, pro-Palestine marching. Was that Washington, D.C. the other day? Who literally want the Jews dead. Are you kidding me? We're going back to Holocaust times. But thank God for people that said, you know what? We're going to give her a purpose. We're going to feed her. We're going to clothe her. And you had this little maid that knew the Lord God. You had this little maid that she's in a place where she doesn't really want to be. She's working for people she probably doesn't even want to work for. I'm sure she didn't want to work for. God spared her life. You know what she did? This man Naaman, her boss, essentially, she said, you know what? You should go see this man of God back in Israel. He can help you. And if anybody wants to jump to the, look, it's not about the man of God. It's about God. (laughs) The man of God is nothing. Amen. In verse 3, and she said unto her mistress, Would God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. Man, she was a slave to her enemy, waiting on him hand and foot, and she cared enough about him to point him to Christ. Wow. Wow. Naaman came to know the Lord because of this little maid's faithfulness in a place where she didn't want to be, doing what she didn't want to do. What a testimony. And then it begs the question, we live in this luxury America, and what are we doing to point to Christ? Closing up our doors and closing up our windows and say, let somebody else get the gospel out there. That's the man of God's job. Let the preacher do it. Let those church people do it. Forget that. The Great Commission was not given to the church body. It was given to church people individually. It is our job collectively to get the gospel out there. We need to be a witness at church. Witness at work. It's not possible to dip in water seven times and be healed. It's not possible for the dead to live again. It's not possible to make the sun stand still. It's not possible to walk on water. It's not possible for a man to be swallowed whole by a whale and survive. It's not possible for three boys to walk around untouched by the fire. Amen. It's not possible to become a new creature and live forever. Oh, but God takes the impossible and he makes it possible. There is no reason that everyone in here shouldn't be part of some sort of ministry to get the gospel message out. God can use whoever and whatever he wants to be used for his glory. Here's what we need to end with. We need to stop using our circumstances for an excuse to not serve the Lord. You say, but I have such a stuff going on in my life. We all do. Everybody does. The difference is we need to not make an excuse to not serve God. The fact is we all have the same amount of hours and same amount of minutes. Thank God that we have breath in our lungs. We have a God that not only deserves our worship, he demands it. 
I don't have to go to church and I don't have to worship, but I want to. I don't have to give the gospel out, but I sure want to. Let's close in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, I pray that this message will reach hearts, Lord. I pray that it was all of your word and nothing from the man that was preaching it.